Yeah, yeah. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to introduce to you another special guest. This week, we have Karani James. Karani James, a.k.a. the Jaguar, is originally from Grenada. He's a 400-meter sprinter for Grenada. You know, there's so much things that you can say about Karani athletically. He's an Olympic champ. He's a world champ. He's an NCAA champ. He's held every single title at every major championship that you could think of, right? That's that's remarkable. Like, that's very hard. That, like, never happens. There's only nine people that have been able to do that, right? But what is so pure about Karani is who he is off of the track. He's very modest. He's very humble. Um, You've heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Literally, as you hear this episode, you will see that the village really watched him grow up and had a strong input on, you know, how he thinks and his perspective. You'll also hear about his experiences being a, what, 19-year-old Olympic champ in 2012. And how he got diagnosed with grave disease and find a way to overcome that and gets himself back on the world stage. You know, so I think um, this is definitely something, an episode that you will get to know a little bit about not just the athlete of Cronny James, but the person. And I think the person, honestly, for me, trumps the athlete, even though he's been able to do some remarkable things on the track. You know, him as a person, um, you know, you, you, you just don't see too many people Uh, like him around. So without further ado, enjoy this week's episode of Unscripted. Oh, wait, no, no, no. (laughs) Before I forget, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review of the podcast and let me know you're listening to it. Let me know you're getting something from it. And the rating or the review, or it would truly mean a lot and it would also go a long way. But before we begin, you know, I got to give you this week's quote of the day. Quote of the week, I guess. This week's quote of the week is by a man named Tom Hiddleston, where he says, you never know what's around the corner. It could be everything or it could be nothing. You keep putting one foot in front of the other, and then one day you look back and you've climbed a mountain. So without further ado, enjoy this week's episode of Unscripted with Karani James. Right. Hey, how are you doing, brother? I'm well, man. How are you? Why sound like you're just waking up? <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> uh, how was uh how was the hike the other day? It was good, man. You know, it was good, it was interesting. You know, we saw some like a like a couple of coyotes, so but they were hey. off in the distance, so it wasn't it wasn't in any danger or anything, so as long as you didn't see any rattlesnakes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see them, but like sometimes you could hear them and they rattle. So see, I run away from those, man. But man, I'm 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 excited to have you on, man. I'm glad I'm glad that you're able to come on today, man. There's 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 a there's a bunch of things that I want to get into. Um my guest today is Karani James. Um and one of the things that I want to start off with you, Ro, is man, like First of all, where are you from originally? Tell me where you're from originally. Yes, I'm from an island in the Caribbean called Grenada, which is um, in the southern part of the Caribbean. So we're close to Trinidad, Barbados, 
So yeah, so it's about a hundred thousand people um, that lives there, and um, yeah, it's a really cool place. Everyone's friendly. Everyone kind of knows each other. So yeah, the, it's a great place. The the love that the country has for you, bro, is is something that I've never really seen before. Right, like I've seen, I've seen, I've seen people in countries show different people love, but man, the way how they talk about you over there, um, <laughs> it's 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 very. Ins- Tell me a little bit about what growing up in Grenada was like for you. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like typical boyhood Caribbean, you know, lifestyle. You know, like everyone kind of knows each other, you know, so. You know, you 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 hang out with your friends. I grew up close to the close to the beach, you know. So I'm I'm from like a fishing village. So a lot of it kind of revolve around being on the beach, you know, like with friends and 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 all that stuff. But you know, like just to talk about like the love you get from people, like I said, it's really organic because they've seen me, you know, from an athlete, just take every every step of the way, you know, to be where I'm at. So, you know, they, they kind of feel like they were like a part of the whole process, even though they may mm. not be a know like exactly what's what's happening. You know, they could just kind of see like kind of grow, you know, it's like watching a plant grow, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you see from a seed, you know, to, you know, a, a small plant until it bears fruit, you know. So just to kind of see that happen over, over, over a timeline, I think that's why people are. Are, are very, you know, proud of of everything that's been happening. So, I mean, it's for me, it's just amazing and it's humbling. You said you said you your 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 city is predominantly like you know like fishers, and was there was there any pressure for you to be a fisherman as well too? Because from what I understand, you 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 started playing basketball and soccer first, oh, yeah. correct? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there wasn't any pressure in terms of like that. You know, obviously there's, you know, you're gravitated to, to, to stuff that revolves around that, but there wasn't like any, like a push, like that's what you have to do. As a matter of fact, the push was, you know, just to, to try to kind of be more than, mm-hmm. or just be a fisherman or anything like that. So, but, um, but yeah, but it, you know, like I grew up like playing all sports, you know, like I said, growing up on the beach, you play like football with your friends. You know, um, you know, my whole family grew up um, playing basketball. So that's where I kind of, you know, my first kind of love for sports was in basketball. You know, so, yeah, like like when you're growing up, like you play almost every sport. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, um, yeah. So, but then, you know, when I was like 13, 14, you know, I, I just fell in love with track and field. You know, man, I want to talk about... Uh, uh, how did you know track and field was something that you wanted to get into? Because, you know, when, when, when I first saw you, man, it was what, uh, Florida, Florida, Florida world, no, Nakiak, Nakiak under, under 17 or something like that. It was the first yeah. time I saw you, right. You didn't know me, but I know who you were. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm warming up. Right. And I see you get there, you know, for those listening, like Karani, man, how tall are you? Like six, four. Yeah, 6'3". Kind of six four, six three. So you know, you 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 know, his presence is there because he's already tall. He's already sticking out. 
And so I, I see you and they're calling for the 400, you know, 400 meters check in in 30 minutes, 400 meters check in in 25 minutes. And then I see you literally get up, <laughs> bust some strides <laughs> and then go out and around 45, 45, five and call it a day. And I was just <laughs> like, yo, this guy's different. But when when did you realize that track and field was was different for you than 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 other sports? Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think I was well, really like just the, the identification of talent. I think I was still in primary school. Mm-hmm. I think one of my teachers, I always remember that uh, his name is Nigel Forrester. He was my grade six teacher. Um, I think he was kind of the first person to really notice that I had a certain talent, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was I was still young back then. So yeah, I used to run in like primary school sports and all that. But I mean, I was playing, you know, soccer and basketball and all that stuff. It was a serious thing. But I would say he was, he was the first person that really, you know, could have identified that I had a level of talent that could go far, mm-hmm. you know? And then, you know, I went to secondary school. I didn't, I wasn't training or anything yet. And then I, um, I joined my hometown, like track club called Speed Zone, right? And um, my coach then was, his name was Albert Joseph, you know? So, you know, my brother used to do track and all that stuff. So he would coach my brother and, and his friends and all that stuff before me. So we had, we did have, you know, a bit of, of you know, of an affiliation you know, mm-hmm. together through family and community and all that stuff. So that was when I really just kind of took track seriously. And then I remember I went to a, um, like it was a, uh, it was called a CUT games, a Caribbean Union of Teachers games, right? Mm-hmm. And it was for like, I think it was like for like ages, maybe like eight to like 13, right? So it was just like a really like youth games, you know? And I think I won the 400 there and I got second in the 200. And I think that was when I really just kind of um, realized that, that, you know, that I could, you know, this was something that I could do seriously. Because you're competing against, you know, like Jamaicans, um, Trinidad, you know, Bahamas, you know, and obviously like with the history, we mm-hmm. always hear about the athletes from those countries doing well you know, and that they were the best in the Caribbean. So for me, just to be able to compete with them and even beat a lot of them, for me, that was kind of a sign. Well, if I can, you know, from a small country compete with, you know, such, you know, great athletes from from these countries, then I must be doing something right or there must be something <laughs> there, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so you, 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 you said, you know, that the, the the country kind of watched you grow up and, you know, they kind of had a play just in your evolution, not only as an athlete, but as a, as a young man, when, when you started running well and started getting a little bit more notoriety, um, Mm -hmm. was there like, was there an, an excitement going around the country? You know, what was, you know, when you were walking on the beach were people saying, you know, you know, Krani, you know, you could, you know, keep going keep moving you know and and what was that like when when things started to kind of say you know what this young man here he may be able to to put a light in the in the small country 
Oh yeah, I mean, I think it all started in my community, man, in 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 Guav. That's that's the community I grew up with. I grew up in. It's called Guav. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it. Um, I think that's where it really started. Like I said, people in in like we're a very close community, you know, when it comes to things like that, things that could kind of bring us together, especially sports, you know, and. For me, that's where the excitement really started. And then it kind of branched out throughout the country as I, you know, like we're doing like um, like intercall games and, and those type of things. But organically, it always started in Guam. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, man, I was, um, I think I was like 14. I went to World, World Youth Games. I think it was in uh, Ostrava, uh, Czech Republic. I, I got second in the 400. I didn't win it. Mm-hmm. When I showed up at the airport, man, like there were so many, <laughs> like there were so many people from my community that were, and it was like late too. Like we got uh-huh. like late night, you know, and like there were like people in my community showed up, you know, at the airport, like in you know, wow. like crowd, you know, and wow. like, and it's crazy because I remember like, um, like when they like when I went through the door. Like I mouth like a like a bad word, <laughs> you know? and then and then when I got home, my mother told me she was like, "I heard what you said." I was like I saw, <laughs> you know, because like I was just so surprised just to see people, you yeah. know, yeah, and, you know. So like for me, like that was like that was incredible. Like it just gives you like you know the drive and the motivation to just continue to just go out there and represent, you know. People like that, people that are organically and genuinely excited, you know? You know, you, oh. you, you, you obviously, you know, like you have some great external motivation and, you know, people mm-hmm. to look to, especially right around you, everywhere you go, not to mention, you know, in your, in your, in your hometown, you know, your parents as well, too, your brothers. But oh, yeah. I, I also think um, there's a level of motivation that has to come from within. Oh, yeah. What, what, where does your motivation come from? Like, does it, does it, is it, is it you saying, look, I want to be the best at this or, you know, I want to see how far that I can be. Like what, what is your internal yeah. motivation? Yeah, I think it's, 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 I think it always has to start with that. It always has to start with, you know, okay, this is something that I'm good at, you know, how good at it can I be? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that was one of the biggest motivations is, is, Okay, I'm I'm good at this, and let me see how far I can go with this, especially with the opportunities that came along with it. You know, especially like growing up home, you know, like like not having much and those stuff like that. It was also an outlet to to whether it's a higher education or just more exposure to the world and things like that. I would say that would have been that was a big motivation too. Because mm-hmm. even then, you know, at my club, it was like, yeah, you can if you do well enough, you can get scholarships to the U.S. and all that stuff. You could further your education. So that was also a big motivation, man. You know, just to have an opportunity to, to just widen or broaden your, your perspective on the world and just gain, you know, something at a level that you wouldn't gain if it was, it was just normal circumstances, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was, for me, that was a huge motivation too. You started running really well. Started, started you know, making some 
like kind of checking off some names and some categories, you know, you, 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 you checked off Usain Bolt's 400 meter time and a couple others. And you, you know, now by now when you get to 17, 16, like people know the name Cronny James and they know the rising star of it. Was there, yeah. was there a race that came that you just said, you know what? Yeah. Like I'm here. Was there a race that would, that, that you just felt confident about that really sticks out to you? Um, I mean, there's in the, there's in the, lot. in the beginning stages, in the beginning stages. Yeah. I mean, there was a, I think going back to world youth, I think in, in Italy, I think for me, that was kind of the, um, I think I was like 16 at the time, mm-hmm. you know, like getting second at the, at the, my first world youth and then getting second at my first world juniors back to like on the world stage at the, at the world youth games i think for me that was you know i really wanted to do something special you know so um i think i won both the 400 and 200 there mm-hmm. you know so i would say that was kind of you know just going into that year just knowing and having the experience of the previous two youth games youth and junior games i really wanted to go in there and and um and try to do something special. So I would say the motivation to to show up at those games. I, I think it was it was um, it was really big. You know, that was I'm, that was it. I'm assuming the the meets on the big stage um, showed the world. You know that there is a 400 meter runner here in Grenada. Did that open up some doors for you? to go to um, American school because I know, you know, you ended up at Alabama and that's how we met. But yeah. what was, what was that process like, you know, because, <laughs> because I think sometimes people don't realize that, you know, there's a bunch of different small decisions that go into making a big decision, especially yeah. leaving the country when I'm sure you had people who say, you know what, man, you can just go pro. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was, yeah. what was, what was that process like for you? And, and, and why did you pick the university of Alabama? Yeah, I mean, I to be honest, I wasn't even thinking about going pro or anything like that. It never you know, crossed like your mind. At at that age, no. Like my main thing was to get an opportunity to further my education. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, you know, so so I mean, I didn't have a lot of schools, I guess, come and get me because I was still like seventeen at the time. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess most of them didn't think that I was eligible or, or stuff like that yet. Maybe wait another year or stuff like that. So I only visited like three schools. I visited Florida State, um, South Carolina, and Alabama, and all of that mm. wasn't just one. I did it on like one round trip. Mm. You know? Oh, really? You just went from school to school to school? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, oh man. So, I mean, I did get like, you know, like the media guys from like other schools, but they never like made like a concrete offer. You know, I had, you know, people to help me um, coordinate, you know, from home. His name was uh, Marlon Green. Um, he does a lot of like with the, like with the young soccer players back home. He tries to get opportunities for them. Mm-hmm. Um, like he kind of helped coordinate it, um, you know, just, just doing all that stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, but I also, you know, um, one thing I remember that, 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 um, Clyde Hart actually came to Grenada to visit and talk to me. Mm-hmm. So that was a pretty big moment too. You know, um, a couple of other coaches came. He came um, to Grenada, you said? 
Yeah, he did, man. Wow, yeah, wow. Yeah, so that was yeah, so that was kind of big uh, when when he did. But yeah, but ultimately, you know, like for me, like personally, you know, the decision was um, to choose Alabama. It was mainly down to personnel. It wasn't about you know like prestige or anything. I mean, if it was down to that, I would have went to Baylor, like no question asked. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it was like, okay, how you know what. You know what or who, you know, um, for the next four years could make me not just a better athlete but a better person. Mm. You know, for me that that was Harvey Glantz. You know, he's still my coach up till today. You know, and and he was probably one of the best decisions I made was to go to Alabama. You know, so um, yeah, so that was the whole the whole process. It wasn't just a big, you know, flamboyant, you know big thing it was just you know simple it was like you know you look at like what is you know you really want to get out of the schools that you look at and that's how I kind of made my decision man that's 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 powerful because you know like you know I talk to young kids all the time and I said you know you can't always get caught up into the big name of the school because the big name may not be for you it's not the best fit for you yeah exactly and I think I think I think that's powerful statement by itself um, yeah. What was the was there a culture shock for you, man? Because now you know you know every every American state they speak differently. You know what I'm saying there's a lot yeah. of things happening. What was <laughs> what was what was your first like first year for you like at Alabama off the track and then um, on the track? Because now you're in the NCAA, man. That's, that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what we see on TV from from different countries, right? Oh yeah, like for me, like the great thing, well. The great thing about going to was that I came to school in January, right? Mm-hmm. So immediately it was like in season, right? So, you know, in terms of just figuring out, you know, like the whole landscape of the of your campus and all that, I mean, I, I wasn't really focused on that. It was just, you know, traveling, you know, getting to meet and that, those kind of stuff. And like I said, you know, um, what helped me make my decision in Alabama too was, you know, people I was going to be around, you know. So, you know, on my visit, you know, um, I had people like, you know, like Matt Watson, Aaron Stockstill, Brandon Spradley, you know, like those were such like good guys that could help me, mm-hmm. you know, adjust to everything, you know. And they really helped me. Also, I had two roommates that were from Barbados, you know, twins, a number of twins, mm-hmm. you know. So, um so that really helped me, you know, just having them there and all of us living together. So it was really a smooth transition in terms of just the lifestyle and the um, and the athletic side of it. Yeah, you know. So it wasn't it wasn't too too much of an adjustment because I was just focused on, you know, just getting to class, home training home travel to meets and that was it for like you know six months <laughs> yeah so yeah and then so I mean, it was pretty good man it's funny bro you, you know because you <laughs> i came in january too right but but for me man i just yeah. i couldn't get adjusted to it because you know is you're missing a you got secs on sunday or no, yeah. you're SSC starting Thursday, but you're leaving on Sunday, so you're missing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're like, "Whoa, what's 
was happening yeah. here, right? So yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah, I think from the ac academic standpoint, I had maybe a bit of a harder adjustment because I was just coming straight in, you know, like no orientation, no anything <laughs> like that, you know. So yeah, so the first year it was like yeah, like what am I doing here, you know? Yeah. yeah, man. I think, you know, for me, I know, I know Heather Anders was a big reason why I was able to graduate myself. You know, she, she looked out for me in a bunch of different ways, man. Um, yeah, but definitely. you know, yeah. you, you, you get there to do two things to further your education and obviously to run fast. Yeah. Um, and you kind of, you kind of did that in your first two years though. Like you, you, yeah. you, you, you did really well your first Two years. Walk me through a little bit about that, and and because that was your first time working with uh, with uh, with Coach Glance, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty good. I remember the first meet we did, the first meet I did. I was, um, I think it was Notre Dame, and you know they have like an oversized like three hundred meter track, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I ran the four hundred on there, and I, I think I won that race. You know, and everybody was just kind of like in awe, like even some of my teammates, you know, because mm -hmm. like I only probably like trained like a week or something like that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, so, so, I mean, it, it started off really good for me, you know, like I said, when you have teammates that are, you know, they're pretty good people, mm -hmm. you know, and they're not, you know, like, they know that, you know, I'm a young person and, and, you know, they can put their arm around me and just kind of help me, you know, grow. I think that really helped me throughout the season, you know, because there wasn't like any like, you know, like, um, like, you know, with, with track and field, sometimes you get, you have internal competition, mm -hmm. you know, like for me, like there wasn't any feeling like that, mm. you know. And and for me, like I'm so appreciative of these guys because, like I said, they're such good guys, man. And when you have a team like that, I mean, it it you know, especially for an athlete like me, I mean, he only helped you know my my whole development, you know, yeah. not just who I am as, as an athlete, but as a person, you know. So um, yeah, so like for me, I mean, that that was that was pretty amazing. So they helped me throughout the season. I think I won SECs or got second. I think I won SECs. Um, won NCAA, you know, 400. So, um, you know, so like I said, that, that was, I mean, it was pretty much like, almost like a perfect season individually, you know? Yeah. You know what's crazy so, too is because you, you've, that was your first time doing like indoor, wasn't it? Yeah. First time doing indoors. And, and, what was the year that you ran, what, 44-8 indoors? What year was that? Yeah, I think that was my second year. It was Man, my second year. Like, for those listening, like, it, it, there's probably a select few of people in general who have been able to come in not having any experience indoor because indoor and outdoor track are two different things. You're running the four, you're running two laps. The banks are yeah. different. Some are high, some are, some are just flat. So it's different. Right. And, and yeah. here you have, you adjusted really well for you. I'm wondering yeah. why was it so easy for you, man? Because was it, was it just something that you told yourself like, look, 400 still 400. You know, what, what, why do you think that adjustment was, was as smooth as it was for you? Yeah, I think it was that, but I also think it helped 
me also, like I said, you know, when, when you have coaches that understand athletes, I think that's also great. Like I said, my first meet indoors, it was at an oversized track. So it wasn't banked or anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So my first experience was similar to as if I was running outdoors anyway. The only thing I just mm. had to run like an extra curve, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that really helped. And I think after that, I think I only did a couple like relays, you know? Mm-hmm. So that helped me adjust without having the pressure of, you know, doing an individual event, you know? So... You know, so even though I got used to like, you know, the indoor track, it wasn't under the the scrutiny of an individual event. You know, it mm-hmm. was on a four by four, so I could you know figure out how the banks work, you know, stuff like that. And you know, you listen to your coaches. You know, you listen to your coach, and you know, and and when he explains, you know, how how it works and all that, I think that really helps too. You know, so, so you I were, think you were yeah. you were using not only your own individual events, but also the relays and stuff to kind of, to kind of get the experience from that. Yeah, exactly. And like I say, it was down to the coaches because he could have decided to, after that, you know, um, performance in Notre Dame to kind of like, I guess, parade me around all the other meets, you know, running, you know, on the bank tracks, but we don't know how would have, how that would have affected me. So yeah. just the patient, I think, you know, like I say, having great coaches that understand you, you know, and just the patience of, you know, just helping me along, understanding that, you know, this is not something that you could rush when you have, you know, an athlete, you know, um, that has potential on your hands. You don't need to rush or you don't need to, you know, prove anything to any other coaches or anything like that. You know, I think that really helped a lot too, you know, like I wasn't like, forced into like all these other meets Mm -hmm. you know you've 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 always been a guy to me at least our relationships and our conversation and of a person who really prides themselves on being balanced right so not just being a person who is extremely excelling in one area but rather focusing on every area in their lives man where where when you're away from the track what 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 personal development things are you doing to excel yourself you know are you are you reading more books are you listening to you know uh podcasts and tapes and stuff like during that time even now like how does how does karani work on karani away from the track yeah i think for me right now is my focus is to was to be a full-on full-on professional athlete you know because Mm -hmm. even though you know i went to college i left i left maybe two years in, so I, I didn't complete my studies until like recently, mm-hmm. you know? So even though I was part-time and all that stuff, you know, I was still, you know, just kind of juggling stuff around. So for me right now, it was like, um, okay, let's try to be as professional as I can be in in this sport, you know, without having to worry about taking classes or going to the library or preparing for exams or anything like that, you know? So that's where, that's what my focus, at least until, up until, you know, um, the pandemic, you know, Mm -hmm. my whole focus was on, you know, okay, how can I, you know, try to maximize being a professional athlete, doing everything in a professional manner, you know? So 
um, in terms of just focusing on other things, um, I wasn't really focusing on, on, on anything much, you know, yeah. like doing anything extra. Man, 2012, man, I think, I think that was a, that was a huge year for you. You know, we get to the uh, Olympic games and, and, you know, I had, I had been at junior college and, you know, I made my first Olympic team as well too. Um, yeah. But I was not the level that you were level. It was a little, it was a little <laughs> different. It was a little different because in this game, right, you had already had success at the NCAA level and some of the same people you're competing against, you probably see them a lot more now. However, the stakes are a little bit higher because obviously it's Olympic Games. You're, 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 you know, it, it, it's not something that comes around every year or every two years, every four years. But yeah. there has never been an Olympic medalist for the country of Grenada to this point, right? Yeah. Walk me through, man. Olympic final, getting ready for the final, man. What were some of the thoughts that was going through your head? Like, what was, what were some of the things that you were telling yourself going into that race? And what was it like after you won? Because if you go back, for people listening to this, for those listening to this, if you go back and watch the race, you cross the line and you started screaming, but you were pointing and you're pointing to, I think it was your coach, but also like your countrymen. Yeah. Walk walk me through that whole experience, man. And because th- there's a lot of pressure, bro. There's <laughs> a lot of pressure now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think maybe looking back, there was more pressure than I probably felt. Mm. You know, but like in that moment, I, I wouldn't say there was any pressure. Maybe um I didn't know the the, the magnitude of of how things would play out. You know, so what I mean, it was, it was, I think I, for me, I think what helped was having the experience of all the youth games and the junior games and the NCAA mm. and all that. I think just kind of having those experiences, I think really helped me just kind of stay, just kind of stay even keel, you know? So like my process was normal. I wasn't thinking too much about the, race or the event the day before or anything like that like for me it was normal just to just go through the whole process you know just make sure that you know getting enough sleep i eat uh at the right time you know i i make sure i you know see um whether it's um massage therapies or whoever you know mm-hmm. and um i just went through a process normally you know so there, I don't think there was any pressure or, or anything like that to perform for me. Like the whole thing was just to try to make my country proud, you know, yeah. just try to, as long as I did that, for, like I, I know that I did my best, I would have been happy with it, mm-hmm. you know? So, so the whole race was really normal for me, just going through the final and everything, just running normal. I think at the end, like you say, when I pointed and I shouted, I think that's when I kind of realized that, you know, the whole magnitude of the whole situation. Yeah. You know? And I think they appointed, you know, my, um, my team, the whole team was in that corner. I guess they kind of positioned themselves there. <laughs> it was funny, right? I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah. And then, so, yeah. So as soon as I saw them, I just pointed and I ran over, I hugged. Um, actually, both my coaches were there, my, Club coach was there, um, Coach Abba Joseph. And then my current coach was there, Coach Harvey Glantz. So just rang over, I hugged them both. I hugged some of my teammates, 
you know, and yeah. And, and so like for me, like that was just a, a incredible moment. So, um, but even more than me, like people back home, I I'm think that sure. was just a moment, you know, that, you know, like I said, I, you know, it, it was just incredible for them also, you know. What was, what was, what was, take me there, man. What, what was that like going back home, you know, and, and, you know, and seeing mom and, 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 and the family and, 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 you know, the rest of the people who saw you grow up, like, cause there's, I think it's one thing to have excitement, but I think it's another thing to have pride and to have um, this, this, this sense of, you know, joy. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, like I said, I had to go home for, they had, you know, like a, an event, you know, um, so I mean, that was amazing. We did like an island tour, um, just seeing everybody, man, everybody come out, you know, I mean, it was, it was amazing to, to see how, you know, you have this one thing, this one event that can kind of bring everybody together, you know? Um, you know, people that wouldn't be speaking to each other for years are in the streets hugging each other. Really? You know, wow. Like, yeah, so it's like, you know, you know, there's not much events that could do things like that. And for mm. me, just to be a part of that, for me, that like, like that's like a gold medal in itself. You know, just seeing the joy and the pride of people. Mm. You know, so... Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing. Just, just a whole experience. Man, I know, I know, I know the parade must have been mad. It must have been mad. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, the, man. The food must have been wicked. The fireworks must have been wicked. I know, I know how they get down in Grenada over there, man. Oh, well, yeah, man. Like, it was, yeah, like, it was like a second carnival, man. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because, um, you know, it, it, like, every time I go home, like, I, you know, everyone tell me the story, you know, like, you know, like everyone came to you to Guav, mm-hmm. you know, like they say, like everybody in the island came to Guav, like people like, I, I, like they're, they're saying, like, I don't know how everyone in the country fit in your hometown, <laughs> but they did. Um, so, so, you know, man, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, like, like I, like I said, like even for Guam, like we're very like unique anyway, like we're unique people anyway, you know, like, um, so for everyone to come there and just to celebrate, I mean, it's, it was amazing, man. It was amazing. Just amazing even hearing those stories again. Yeah, man. It, 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 it really seems like it. I can, you know, I can picture it now, you know, yeah. after, after those games, man, like, yeah you know you got to get back to work and, and and all these different things but yeah did what what were some of the biggest changes for you because you know now essentially you're the you're the best in the world at this event and and i think i think that title puts you as one of only nine athletes to win a title at every category yeah yeah, I think for me, it, like mostly just the just the title that changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I tried to change as a person or anything like that. Like I say, it's it's good to have people that could help you, like remain, you know, humble and keep your feet on the ground and everything. You know, you know, my family. You know, 
back home, my community, you know, and the people that I'm around, they, they really help you just to maintain that, you know, where, you know, they keep you grounded, you know. Like you have a lot of times, you know, you hear where people, you know, get successful, they have people around them that kind of enables, you know, um, not productive habits, you know, mm. negative mm. habits, you know. And I think for, yeah. yeah, I think for me, if I ever maybe develop any of those habits, they would, you know, they would literally tell me about it, you know. <laughs> So, you know, I think that's one thing too in my community. So if they see something going a certain way, like they won't like, you know, hesitate to tell you about it, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so for me that, all that all, all of that helps me, you know, stay grounded, you know? So. And yeah, I, 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 I for, yeah, for, for, for those listening, man, like, um, which goes into my next question, you've, You've had the same coach since Alabama. Um, yeah. Which still your same coach, right? Yeah. yeah. How, how how do you? What are some things to look for when 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 you're trying to have good people around you, right? Because just as you said, you know, I think everything that has helped you become who you are also gives you these traits of good judgment, right? So. Yeah. What 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 made you stay with Coach Glance after all of these years? And what do you look for when you see people coming to try and to say, hey, Karn, I got this great deal for you, man. If you do this, we can make this amount of money or we can do this, right? So <laughs> so how how because it happens, right? Like you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it happens. So so how do you you're a person that keeps your circle pretty small? Yeah. What 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 are some things that you would give to somebody to say, look, these are red flags and these are probably things that you can, that you can take out to add value to your life. Yeah. I think, I think for one, you have to trust, you know, your gut, you know, I think a lot, a lot of times, you know, you go against the feeling in your gut and, you know, a lot, a lot of time it's proven, it's proven wrong, you know, where mm -hmm. you just need to trust trust yourself but i also think you have to be around people that you know can make you better you know yeah like you never want to be like the smartest person in the room you know you want to yeah. be around people that are, are smarter than you that that could help you grow you know but also have kind of the humility to not be like i guess boisterous or anything about it mm. you know so that's what I always try to do is, is I always try to be around people that could help me, you know, not just from a, whether it's a financial standpoint or whatever, but, you know, intellectually, you mm -hmm. know, and learn from their experiences, what they've been through, you know, that could, that could help you kind of make better decisions, you know? So, yeah, like my coach, he's been through a lot of experience that I can draw from you know, that could help me, you know, to this day, you know, so, um, yeah, so he's not just like a, like a, a track coach to me, he's, he's, he's also a mentor, yeah. you know. Yeah, man, so, it's, you know, it's, um, yeah, but the, the, the thing is, I, I, like, I don't think you'd ever, you know, be able to, like, decipher, like, 
every single person that comes to your life is going to be good or bad. Yeah. You know, I think you have to trust yourself, you know, and you have to trust how you feel in your gut. I think that's important. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, uh, I think it's hundred percent spot on. And I think those two um, are both important, you know, because you always yeah. know when somebody has your best interest at heart, you can kind of feel it. Right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Man. In, I, in, I, I think it's important too. Like one thing maybe you could look at is how they treat other people that can't, that can't do anything for them. Mm, you know, yeah. like you say, somebody might come into your circle because they might see you as, um, that they could make something off of you, whether it's money or fame or anything like that, right? But and they might treat you differently to how they might someone that can do absolutely nothing for them. Yeah, you know. So sometimes you might just look at something like that. Okay, how is the, how how are they treating that person that can do absolutely nothing from them? You know, the waiter, or the person that works in the supermarket, or you know, stuff like that. You know, so. Yeah, I think how you treat other people, I think, is 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 a big factor in determining, you know, how you, you know, you can go about, you know, making that decision to let that person in or not. Yeah, you know, I think I think how you treat people is a reflection of who you are as a person. And yeah, I definitely. think it's extremely important. Um, you know, man, over 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 the past couple of years, right? You know, because you've been on since the Olympic Games to win some more titles. Um, but you've also had some injuries. You've had some things that happened in the family, man. You've, you know, you've had your own fair share of setback and trying to get yourself back right. Um, yeah. When, how do you pick yourself up when things aren't going well? What are some things that help you um, seize the day when things aren't going well, because, you know, everybody has times when things aren't going well and it happens. Right. But it's like, what is the method that helps you get yourself back up? And, and what did that look like for you? Because it was just last year that you kind of, um, you know, kind of felt like your old self a little bit there. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I think, you know, it's, you know, like you, like no one is ever going to go through life perfect you know, without any sort of trials and, and anything like that. And I think, you know, um, just my belief, man, in, in, in the scripture and, you know, just belief, you know, in, in faith, I think that helps a lot, you know, just to, just to give you a sense of, of calmness, you mm -hmm. know, and not try to, sometimes you try to figure things out on your own and you end up making it worse. <laughs> you know yeah so yeah. you know or you, you try too hard and you know sometimes you just have to have faith and you know just 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 have trust you know and understand that you know whatever you're going through is, is going to prepare you for something else you know whether it could be just helping one person go through a similar situation you know you could use your experience in that you know, to help someone or to make yourself better or to figure out some things or to even just take a step back and say, you know what, I got to recalibrate what it is that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. you know? So I always think, you know, like I always go in with the mentality that, you know, whatever trials, whatever things that you're going through, there is always a lesson to be learned from it. Mm -hmm. You know, 
and yeah, you know yeah just me like you know when, when i got sick and all that stuff you know of course it wasn't easy but you know just the whole process you know and understanding what i'm going through it was a lot more easier with with faith and just understanding that okay you know this is just another thing that i have to get through you know so um yeah i mean it's always going to be tough but you know you just have to have faith and have like i say once you have when you have good people around you that helps tremendously yeah. you know so i would say that that's a huge factor too you know is be around good people when those situations arise that could you know that could always help you and be there for you man you hear about so many different uh injuries and circumstances that has stopped you know athletes specifically and people in general you know life happens and you know you yeah. kind of get derailed a little bit um yeah. you you because you were battling graves disease right yeah, exactly yeah what 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 was that whole experience like man because there's a bunch of athletes who who struggle with that and who are trying to find out how to deal with that people in general everyday living you know yeah, exactly. how 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 did you get yourself back to confidently not only be in a position where you can continue training properly yeah. at a certain rate but also live your life um um in a manner that is still you know living you're not you're not you're not worried about nothing what what yeah, what exactly. is that whole process like man Yeah I mean well yeah if you know like grace it's a it's a autoimmune disease so it's not like it's caused by like smoking or anything like that you know it's it's you know there's a different it could be environmental factors it could be um you know like it could be it would be stress you know yeah. so it could be almost anything that could that could kind of trigger those those things from happening you know so for me I think the biggest thing is acceptance Mm, yeah yeah just just understanding your situation i think for me like the first thing like like even when i went to the doctor and he said you know that was it i think the first thing for me was acceptance you know okay this is what i have okay how do we treat it how do we get better you know and you know so for me like that that, that was a big thing so like i said when you have great people around you that can help you you know it's going to be easier because they'll understand your situation they'll do what they can to help they will know when to give you your space they will know when to come around you know and i think the other thing too is patience you yeah. know sometimes when you get sick or injured or stuff like that you start thinking man i got to get back you know fast i got to get back to doing what i'm doing you know yeah mm-hmm. you know thankfully like like i said thankfully i had you know a coach that understands and believes in patience you know that you can rush these things and you can't like you know try to worry about all these externalities that are happening around you but you just try to get better you know yeah so i yeah. think that helps too i mean there there's a lot of different ways you could always you know go through something you know because everyone is different you know like for example like someone going through a situation might need you know friends around them you know consistently yeah. some people might say hey i need some space you know some people might say hey i just need my family i just need my grandma just her yeah so 
you know, there are different ways that you could, you know, go through things. I think from the outside looking in, if you're a friend, I think you have to understand the person. I think that's the biggest thing is understand the person, understanding people and what they're going through. Yeah. You know? So, you know, a lot of times you like you're never going to relate, but you can always empathize. hundred mm, percent. So I think that's that's the key, you know. But like I say, I mean it's it's like I wouldn't say there's like a one way to do things, like there's a script to when you're going through these things, you know. But you know, obviously, because everyone experiences is different. You know, yeah, but yeah, you know, I think the, the big thing I think for me is acceptance and, and and patience, you know. Yeah, man, I think I think it's also very important, right, to to know yourself enough to know what you right. need when you need it. Exactly. Right? And yeah. and and I think that says a lot about uh, one, you know, just spending time with yourself, right? And and yeah. and everybody has to spend time with themselves. You know, I think I think that's one thing uh, that 2020 has taught us, right? You got to spend yeah. time with yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you 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 were you were a part of uh, the fastest race, 400 meter race ever of all time. Um, what was that like, man? What was the strategy in it for you, man? You know, what was, what was going through your head? Like, did you, did you, did you get to a certain point and you're just like, whoa, this, this, this guy's kind of ahead here. Or were you just, cause Karani style of running for those listening. Right. <laughs> and me and you talk about this, me and Deshane is talking about all the time too. Right. Uh, it would, sometimes it would almost seem like, yo, this guy's just jogging. This guy's just <laughs> jogging. And then about, 250 comes on you'll make a move and then about 350 you're ahead of the pack and i'm just like yo what didn't this guy just this guy's this the whole time and so what was what was what was that whole experience like for you man because that was a tremendous race man that was incredible yeah i mean it was yeah like like you just said it was probably the one of the greatest races in, in in of all time you know like for me like like it was very difficult race to kind of plan for because I mean you have like outside of myself like you have two other guys that will will probably be you know in the greatest um, 400 meters of all time you know Sean Merritt and um, and Wade yeah you know so for me I had Wade in front of me and I had Lashawn in behind me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was always hard to kind of gauge our race because, you know, you know, if I don't like, like if you look at, you know, World Championships last year, I think both of them were ahead of me mm-hmm. and I waited too late to even just try to play catch up to even make, make it competitive at the end, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so with waiting in front of me, I knew how fast he was and how good he was. So I was like, if he gets out too far ahead of me, then. There's no way coming on the last hundred I'm gonna catch him, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I have Lashawn behind me where he can see every move that I'm making, and he's just as good, so he could, you know, counter that with 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 other moves too. Yeah, you know. So like for me, it was difficult just trying to making that decision. Is you know, do I push it? You know, try to push way, or you know, do I you know just try to make sure I keep a shiny check or anything like that. So, um, but for me, just coming down, like once the race started, I think 
after the first hundred, I think it was, you know, like you had to go. I mean, the pace that Wade was going with, the pace that he was going with, you know, like there was no other choice but to try to go with him. Because if he was yeah. too far ahead, <laughs> like you, yeah. like you're not going to catch him. So if you're going to make it competitive and make it a race, you want it to be at least where, you know, coming down the home stretch, you give yourself a chance. You know, because anything can happen if you're close to someone, right? You you know this. Um, you know, people can yep. walk, panic, you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like once he started going, I mean, it was, and he just kept going. That, that's that, that's always my summary of the race, you know? Mm-hmm. He just kept going, you know? And, because um, you ran, f- you, you and LaShawn ran fast that race too, though. Yeah, yeah, we did, you know? And, um, yeah, but the way he was here, he was just so so much better than all of us, you know. He, so yeah, man. Yeah, he just kept going. You know, as a as a as a person who who likes to watch track, man, I that's a definitely a race for those listening that you should definitely go check out and see. You know, it's again like it's going to go down as one of the memories of the decade because you you know you just don't see those times at that speed in one yeah. race. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but man, let's 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 get into these last five questions, man. It's just five questions, random questions, and um, yeah. yeah, man, you ready for them? All right, I think so. <laughs> I hope so. Question one, man: If there was one meal that you could eat every day for the next fourteen days, what would that meal be? Ooh, um, that's interesting, um, <laughs> man. One meal. I would say, one, I would say, one meal. you know what? I would say Palau. You got to explain that to me. What's that? So it's a, it, it's a Caribbean dish, right? Where you, um, where you stew chicken and rice together, mm. you know? So I think it's originally from Trinidad, but it's called Palau, P-E-L-A-U. I mean, it's, yeah, but it's, it's really, it's just rice and chicken. That's See. it. And just stew it. And yeah, but it's, it's really good. You see, in Jamaica, we got to put steps to it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> question two, man. Um, what is on your pre-race playlist? Like, what are some artists that you're listening to if you're listening to music? I think it it, it, it depends on the mood. You mm. know, usually before races, I actually don't listen to music. I actually like hearing the sounds of whether it's the stadium or the warm-up track. I, I I like hearing that more than just music. Mm. Yeah, so I hardly <laughs> listen to music, but if I do, it depends. If I do, it depends on my mood or my season. It could be soca music, it could be mm. dancehall, it could be you know anything. Man, question three, and and this <laughs> you and I will be able to understand, and those listening, man. But every time, every time. Um, that we talk about this meet, you will get so excited and so amped, man. What is the hype for you with Drake Relays? <laughs> I mean, I think it's just the culture, man. It's the culture. Yeah, I, yeah they, the fans in Iowa love coming out. As long as the weather is, is great. Even if the weather is not great, they're out, you know. I think so. It's just the atmosphere. I think for me, that was coming into the U.S. That was just one of my introductions to outdoors. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just kind of gravitated to it, but yeah, I love Drake Relays. It's a good meet, man. It was this, yeah. You know, those it's loud too, and I like that. Um, yeah, 
Question four, man. Um, 2020 has been an interesting year to say the least, man. What has 2020 taught you? I think 2020 has taught me that it, it has taught me that as a world, we're not as, as on the same page as we should be. Mm, yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. um, last question, man. With everything that you've been through, man, especially um, these past couple of years, you know, dealing with a lot of different things, uh, your growth as a person on the track, off the track, man. Mm -hmm. um, if there was one word to describe Karani James, what would that one word be? Grateful. 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 Yeah. Why? Why grateful? Because everything that's happened is, you have no choice to what to be grateful. You know, you look at situations where, you know, it could have ended up totally different. You know, what if I never, you know, raised my primary school teacher? You know, what if, you know, my first track club uh, coach decided to do cricket other than coach track and field, you know? You know, what mm -hmm. if, you know, that I didn't have good people in my corner to help me? You know, what if, you know, Alabama didn't have any more scholarships, you know? So, yeah. you know, yeah, man. So it's, for me, it's just grateful, you know? Man, I'm, um, I'm, I'm a person who likes to appreciate people when they're here, man. I think too many times we... We don't tell people how we feel and that we appreciate them. And, you know, just the true feelings of it, man. So, yeah. you know, from 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 me to you, man, this is nothing I haven't said before, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you are where you are and you're feeling like how you're feeling, man, because I know, you know, over the past couple of years, again, like it's, it's been tough, man. You know, there's some things yeah. that happened off the track. Um, in personal lives and there's some things that happened on the trap man so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're here um, and I know that God has so much more in stores for you man and, and, and you know I can't I can't wait to see what what he continues to put forth for you and just what you're doing for not only the people back home man but for people to look up to not only on the track but as a person man I think you're a strong representation of hope my brother yeah, well, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate the time. And um, yeah, I appreciate you checking up on me every now and again. You know, people don't understand. Sometimes those little things means a lot. So it does mean a lot, brother. Oh, man, it's never going to change, man. But appreciate you being on, bro, man. We'll, we'll talk soon, man. All right. All right, bro. Take care. Later. All right.